hey, I have a conviction. I am convinced that people who are growing in relationship with Jesus are also growing in his word. And say it again. I am convinced that people who are growing in relationship with Jesus are also growing in relationship with his word. Or stated in the reverse, I am not convinced that you can grow in Jesus if you're not growing in his word. Can I say it again another way? (laughs) If your faith and your life may be kind of like falling apart, coming apart at the seams, then I have another question for you. How engaged with are you in God's word? Because if your faith is falling apart, you can probably be convinced that there's some engagement with what God has said that is not relevant and happening in, in engagement in your own story. There is a direct connection between God and his word. Man, I could just talk for so long just about that reality. Some of you, I see Kelly is wearing her hold fast shirt, Hebrews 10, 23, let us hold fast. Let us hold fast. Okay, come on, babe, get up here, demonstrate your shirt. Come on, come on, come on. Everybody see it? It's one of our SM4 shirts. Hold fast, right? Okay, thank you, hold fast. Hebrews 10, 23, let us hold fast to the hope within us. Why? For he who promised is faithful. Listen, God and his word are connected. What, who he is comes out in his promises to us. So if we're not engaging with his promises, his plans, his instructions, if we're not getting to know his nature, and all of his attributes, you know what? We're not growing in relationship with him. God and his word are intimately and vitally inseparable. So for us to grow in relationship with God, we must be growing in our engagement with his word. God's word, the Bible, is the primary way we come to understand who God is, understand his nature, and understand the plans that he has for our lives. And then it's in the New Testament, kind of like the the back half of the story, where Jesus enters in. And so it's where we discover who is Jesus and what is his gospel, what is his good news? How is it that we can have our sins forgiven, our brokenness healed, and that we can experience life in Jesus that doesn't just stop at our natural death, but goes on forever. This is it. This is the primary way that we learn all of those things. Listen, just like you could not tell me that you are growing in relationship with a friend If you didn't read their texts, didn't read their emails, didn't read their DMs to you, if you just like ignored all those, how would you tell me you're growing in relationship with that friend? I'd say you are 
a liar or you're really mistaken. You're not growing, growing in relationship with those people if you don't read what they have written to you. And in just the same way, guess what? We're not growing in relationship with God if we ignore what he said. If we are not somehow regularly, consistently engaging with his word. Now this week in our 260 reading, okay, what we're doing as a church this year, you know, we're reading through the New Testament together and we're doing it because there's, there's 260 chapters in the New Testament, the same number of weekdays there are every year. So what are we doing? We're reading one chapter a day, Monday through Friday, and we're reading through the entire New Testament together as a church family. Right? That's what we're doing. And in this week's reading, the Apostle Paul had so much to say about the word of God to his spiritual son, Timothy. He was instructing him. He was helping him understand how important God's word is. Several things. We're not even going to be able to get to them all. But I wanted to share with you a handful of those today. The first one, one that maybe the most commonly uh, turned to, is 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 15 through 17. And this is what Paul wrote to Timothy. He said, you, Timothy, have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. All Scripture, Timothy, is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what's right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Woo! I just go ahead and leave that up there. I, listen, so what is Paul saying? What, what are this kind of a list of, of why Paul is saying that we desperately need God's word? Listen, if Timothy needed God's word, how much more do we do? I mean, Timothy hung out like for years with this, this apostle Paul who wrote most of the New Testament. If Timothy needs to be reminded of these things, how much more do we do? Why is God's word so important? He says, it gives us the wisdom we need to receive salvation. We don't somehow mysteriously or on our own come to Christ. We come to him because we know what his word tells us. That he died for us. That he went to the cross, sinless and perfect. And that we are able to put our trust in what he did so that we don't have to try to work for it. We cannot earn our way into salvation. How do we know that? Because of what God's word tells us. It makes us wise for how we need to come to God and receive his salvation. Secondly, it says that it's useful to teach us both what's right and what's wrong. I mean, part of what's happening in our society is as, as a culture, as more and more people kind of abandon God's word, guess what happens? Everything that is right and wrong, right? Everything that we use to create the foundation for what, it, what is morally acceptable or not, it all gets wishy-washy. No one like knows anymore. Why? Because people have walked away from God's word. 
But God's word will show us clearly. Hey, here's what's right, here's what's wrong. And then, third thing it says is that it'll bring correction to us. It'll point out like, ah, man, there's, there's, there's a place where I am out of alignment. Can you say that again? Say those words, out of alignment. We're gonna come back to that phrase in a little bit. It corrects us, say, hey, you're out of alignment over here. Come back to, to God's plan so that you can live a blessed life. And then it says that it equips us. It gives us everything we need to live lives that, that are thriving as we just step into doing those very things that he created us to do. God's word is amazing and it's powerful. So I'm gonna ask you again. Tell me, just how are you gonna grow in relationship with Jesus if you're not growing in his word? How are you doing that? It's impossible because God and his word are intimately and completely connected. Well, you might say, well, I go to church. I, I come here so, so that, pastor, so that you can read God's word and then you digest it and like spit it back to me so that I know what it says. Hmm, well, that's an interesting approach. Maybe, that, maybe that's, you know, kind of your idea. But here's part of the problem. Do you know what statistics say? That out of all of us in the room today, there's only 24% or about one in four people come to church every week. That means three out of four followers of Jesus are receiving inconsistent Bible teaching. So it's inconsistent. It's not that it's bad. It's, it's just that it's inconsistent. If only one in four of us are like, man, we're at church every Sunday. And here's the other thing. Bible teaching is really important. It's kind of what I do. I hope it's of great importance. But you know what? It's different. It's important, but it's different than when I go to the word and it's, I read it and I soak it up. I engage with what God is saying to me through his word and the Holy Spirit begins to like highlight things to my attention and say, Tim, you, you gotta align yourself here to, to what I'm saying. It's different. Are both needed? Absolutely. We need good teaching and, and fortunately, we can find it just about everywhere we turn these days. It's all over media and, and podcasts and all kinds of stuff. It's great. But you know what? Teaching is only part of that. We need to be being taught. We need to be taught directly through our interaction and engagement with the word taught by the Holy Spirit. So over and over, like I said, Paul is giving some instruction to Timothy about the word. Let's dig deeper. It's in 2 Timothy 2.15 that Paul says this. He says, do your best to present yourself to God. Kind of an interesting phrase. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved. A worker who does not need to be ashamed. Who correctly handles the word of truth. This, by the way, word of truth. He says some interesting things. Good, go ahead and just leave that scripture up there for a bit. So, says a couple things here. One, present yourself to God. Hello, Lord, here I am again at your service. 
right? Present yourself to God. It's kind of a funny little phrase, but really it's what we do every time like we turn to him. Here I am, Lord. Whether it's like, maybe on a Sunday like this and we're intentionally like stepping into times where we're worshiping and magnifying Jesus. That's awesome. When we, when we come to his word, open it, when we, when we just pray, when we just cry out and say, Jesus, I need you, we're, 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 we're coming to him. We're presenting ourselves to him. But then he says this, he says there's kind of two categories, the approved and the ashamed, Right? He says, you, you can come approved, meaning like you can lift your head up and, and say, God, I'm doing what you want me to do. I, I am following what you have said. How many of you want to be that kind of a servant to the Lord? An approved servant, one who's like, yep, God, I'm, I'm doing the very best. And when, I, and when I blow it, Lord, you know I come right to you and I make it right. I, I'm, I'm living the way that you've told me to live. Then it says, though, there's another kind of individual is another adjective here, not approved, but ashamed. Rather than being able to like lift our head up and say, here I am, Lord, I'm coming to you. Not perfect, but God, I'm, I'm, I'm like making it right. I'm, I'm pressing into you. But then there, there's the type of servant that comes, presents himself before the Lord and they're, instead of lifting their head, they're hanging their head. There, there's a shame involved because they know they have not been following after God's instruction. They know what God has said to do, but they've not been living up to it. So there's this, this shame associated with it. Now we know, man, especially today in our culture that shame typically is a, a bad thing. You're like, you know, we don't shame people. We don't fat shame. We don't, you know, color shame. We don't, you know, ageism, all this. We don't shame people. But you know what? There's, there's another kind of shame that's actually helpful. It's appropriate. It's things that are actually tied to reality of things that are going on in our heart. And notice, it doesn't say that God shames them. We're not saying that God removes his grace, his love, his salvation from anyone based on what they're doing or not doing. It doesn't say that God shames them. It says that when we come, we either come with this, this idea of like, we're, we're appro- I'm approved before you. Because I know I'm following what you want or I come ashamed because based on the reality that I know that I'm not living up to what he's called me to do. You following me? Don't raise your hand, don't, don't shout it out, but are you someone who feels like I come into God's presence approved by him? Not based on my good works, but because of who he is in my life and what he's done in my story. Or do you come in and like, hmm, There's shame involved because I know that I have not been living up to his best, his plan for me. Is it possible that a lot of people stay away from these kind of like church environments? Because they know it's hard presenting myself before the Lord because I know I haven't been living up to what I need to do. There's, There's some shame involved. But praise the Lord that when we do feel that kind of shame, it can motivate us. You say, God, I don't want to feel this way. And you've made a way for me to be restored, for me to be approved. All I have to do is come to you and I can do it 70 times seven. I can do it over and over and over again and you will forgive and make right 
and have restored relationship over and over. Your love is unfailing. Woo! God is so good. So if anybody does feel that shame, just know that God is utilizing that, even in our conscience, in order to draw us back. Don't, don't stay away. Press in. Press in. But he says something here in this scripture. Go ahead and put it back up. I want everybody to see it. I'm not making this up. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, who correctly handles the word of truth. He shows us how to go from ashamed to approved. And it has to do with God's word. It has to do with, it says, correctly handling the word of truth. What does that mean? Well, think about it. First of all, before you can correctly handle it, you gotta handle it. Listen, you can't correctly handle it until you're handling it. So this is where we start. I'm gonna just open it. I'm gonna do this 260 thing. I'm gonna like start reading. I'm gonna start reading a chapter every day. I'm gonna start seeing what does God have for me. I'm gonna start highlighting to, to my attention the things that God is saying that stand out to me. Just start handling it. Engage with it. Pastor, I'm not a reader. Well, praise the Lord. Download version Bible on whatever thing you have, right? Your iPhone, your Android, your tablet, your computer, and it'll even read it to you. <laughs> Woo! And if you want to spend a little bit more money and if you want to have like some cool music in the background and stuff like that, check out the Dwell app. It's a little expensive, but it's very cool. I personally made that investment. Sometimes I just go, I just need to hear like the Psalms, man. We're just like, I just want to meditate and have some cool, like, it's like Eric in the background with his keyboard. It's like very cool. It's very, very good. In other words, find a way that works for you to engage with the word. Before you can correctly handle it, you've got to start handling it. You have to. Got to do it, okay? So we pick it up, we start. That's how we begin, but then this idea of correctly handling it, the literal translation, if they would have like just taken the, the, the Greek word that's used in, in there and like literally translated, it would have said this. It would have to, to make a straight path for it, which is really interesting. That's why they like said, what, what was the intent? And they, they chose other words to get after the intent of what Paul was saying, make a straight path for the word. You know what, what I believe that Paul is saying there? Don't twist God's word to your agenda. When God says something, like take it straight on. Like, oh, that really? I'm to love my enemies? Rather than like twist it to some agenda that I have that is like, well, it's okay to go after and attack this group of people or that group of people. Oh, I need to take it like seriously and not twist it to my agenda. We need clarity on what God is speaking to us so that we, we can't, if we start twisting it, guess what happens? We water down the gospel. We water down the truth of God and we would not be correctly handling it. Does that make sense? So how do we become people who correctly handle it? 
Like, who, who, okay, God, I don't want to twist your word. I want to get it like right on and let it penetrate my life, my spirit, my heart, my mind. God, I, I want this. I, I want to be approved by you as someone who correctly handles the word of truth. In this week's reading, Paul drops two clues. I'm not saying this is like the only two things that we need, but I want to give you two things from this week's reading that Paul talks about that is absolutely related to God's word. You ready? Paul talks about two things. I'm going to be sharing with you. Are you ready? Yes. I heard some, are you ready? Yes. Okay, thank you. All right. In 2 Timothy 2, 11 through 13, Paul talks to Timothy about three things in these verses. Don't put it, you're up, yep, too early. Don't want, don't want that, don't want it. I'm just gonna talk about it for a second. In 2 Timothy 2, 11 through 13, Paul talks to Timothy about three things. He talks about salvation, how, how that works. He talks about our need to endure, right, to be faithful even thing, when things get tough. The third thing he talks about is God's unfailing faithfulness. Like the salvation, our endurance, God's faithfulness. Listen, these are three things that like, one, we discover these things in God's word. As we read, those three things should become really, really known and understood by every believer and follower of Jesus. Would, would you, anybody disagree? Our salvation enduring, locking on, holding fast, okay? And God's unwavering faithfulness to us. Those are three things that like we see those in God's word and every believer should kind of like have a basic understanding of those three things. But listen to what Paul says in the very next verse after he says salvation, endurance, God's faithfulness. He says this to Timothy, 2 Timothy 2, 14. Put it up, remind everyone about these things. Remind. Everybody say remind. remind. We desperately need to be reminded over and over and over again about the essentials of our life in Christ that are found in God's word. And I think that Paul was right on in those salvation, then our faithfulness and endurance, and then God's enduring faithfulness. We need these reminders, even about things that we think that we really know. Because you know what? Life gets crazy. Life gets challenging. I know God forgives me when I sin. Oh, but I need to be reminded of his forgiveness. I know God is my resource and will provide everything that I need according to his riches in heaven. Guess what I need? I need to be reminded of that reality that he is my resource because in the craziness of this world, I can just take on that responsibility and think it's all up to me, right? I need to be reminded. I know that he's called me to be part of his mission and his plan. I need to be reminded of it. That Tim, I've called you to be part of my mission to the world. I need to be reminded. A reminder is simply an opportunity to come back into alignment with the truth of God's word. 
It's all reminders. A reminder is an opportunity to come back into alignment. Life gets so crazy. Life takes us in so many different directions. We're busy and we're jacked up. Our history and our stories, we're, we're, you know, we got these gravitational pulls towards one thing or another. You know what a reminder is? It's that opportunity. Come back into alignment with my truth. Come back to alignment. Remember, God loves you fully and unconditionally. Okay, God, I've been doubting that. But now I'm reminded of your love for me. So I'll come back into alignment. Oh, and by the way, God also calls you to love others the same way. Fully and unconditionally. Oh, okay, God. I'm gonna drag myself back into alignment with your help by your grace. Those reminders are opportunities to just come back into alignment with God's truth. Being reminded over and over, you know what it speaks to? Consistency. We need to be consistently in God's word because we continually need these reminders. And not just once a week for you one in four people and definitely not, it's not consistency if you're one of the three out of four who get less than once a week of just being in church and getting some instruction and hearing some teaching about God's word. We need to be reminded all the time, over and over every week, God, what do you say? Who are you? What is your nature? How do I find myself in your plan? I need to be reminded why so I can continually be walking in alignment. If we're consistently doing this, guess what? We are in alignment, which means we stand approved. We stand like coming to God's presence saying, God, here I am. I'm presenting myself to you as one approved correctly to the best of my ability and by the grace of God, correctly handling the word of truth. Here's the second thing that Paul says. One is be reminded. Remind, remind. But here's the second thing. 2 Timothy 2.7 says this. This is what Paul says to Timothy. Reflect. Everybody say the word reflect. <laughs> reflect on what I am saying, Timothy. For the Lord will give you understanding into all of this. Woo! I love this statement. Listen, if Timothy needed to be reminded to reflect. Think deeply about what I am saying. And as you do, you can trust that the Lord's gonna give you understanding into it. That, I mean, listen, guys, that, that is a, that's a heavy revy right there. A heavy revelation from the Lord. Not only do I need to be continually reminded of these things, I need to do more than that. Not just a reminder, I need to reflect deeply. I need to like think about these things, about salvation, my endurance, his faithfulness. I need to be reflecting on them, fully trusting that it's not in my own smarts and my own ability that I'm gonna like figure it all out, but that as I reflect, God will bring me understanding, deep understanding. And we see this again and again in God's word. Let me just show you one other place where Paul is writing to a church. 
the church in Colossae. And he says this in Colossians 1, 9. He says, so we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. Listen to what he says. We ask God to give you, we ask who? We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. This is what God will do. As we reflect and think deeply about what God's word says, he begins to give us this wisdom, the complete knowledge of his will and his spiritual wisdom and understanding. And we know that Jesus also said this about the Holy Spirit. I'm gonna give you my Holy Spirit who will guide you into all truth. So what can we know about this? God's job is to enable us to understand his word. It's our job to reflect on it. It's God's job to enable us to understand his word. That's what his job is. Our job is to reflect deeply on it. Many in this room know the name Albert Einstein. He is most famously remembered for an equation that he came up with. Uh, anybody know what that equation is? Starts with an E. E equals MC squared. I, listen, I'm not a physicist. I'm not even a pretend scientist. But this is fascinating to me. It's the special theory of relativity. And basically what he's saying, E is energy. And over on the other side of the equation is mass. And he's, he came up with this amazing special theory of relativity that energy and mass are equal. The like... Oh, this is kind of mind-blowing and we're not going to go deep into it. It changed science. It changed our understanding of the way the universe works. And it was so revolutionary and even like not understood, controversial. It was completely counterintuitive to what science believed up until that point. But do you think that like, Einstein just like woke up one morning and like, bing. You know what, you know what we, we find out as we like think about and, and read about his life? Einstein had reflected on the questions that led to this discovery, this truth, this mathematical formula for 10 years, almost daily. He had like been thinking about it deeply, probably scribbling like thoughts and questions. And he had these amazing things about if I was traveling through space at the speed of light, looking in a mirror myself, what would I see? Because like light would have to, would light like get to the mirror and bounce off and reflect on my face so I could see him? What would I see? And what would somebody else see if they were watching me from a distance? I mean, he's asking all these questions for 10 years. Thinking deeply, reflecting over and over, and then he came to this understanding. E equals MC squared. 10 years of deep reflection. But when you think about this, if the special theory of relativity was so completely counterintuitive to the way that science and physicists believed the way the universe worked, that it took 10 years of deep reflection, how much more 
counterintuitive to our natural way of thinking and to the way the world works are things like forgiveness, God's grace, his salvation. How much deeper and counterintuitive to our normal, natural human way of thinking are those things of God that we can just take for granted than the special theory of relativity. If it took Einstein 10 years of deep thinking and reflection to come up with that, how much more should we be deeply thinking about the things of God every day? We don't just need to be reminded of God's truth. We need to be thinking deeply about it. We need to be reflecting on it. So, why do we do 260 as a church? And I know that many of you are doing it and some of you are also doing it occasionally and then some of you just haven't begun the journey. This just hasn't become part of your story yet. Why are we doing 260? Because we need to be reminded consistently, not just when we show up at church, We need to be consistently reminded of what God is speaking to us about who he is, about his plans for humanity and how we get to be part of his story. We get to be reminded of these things all the time, week in, week out, because we're just being consistent to be reminded of what God is saying. That's why we do 260, because we cannot be growing in relationship with God if we're not growing in Engagement with his word. Why we do the journal? Because we don't just need reminders, we need to reflect. We're to be reminded and we're to reflect deeply so that God will bring us to full understanding. So when I just, when I write things down, right? When I just write stuff down, I am reflecting on this is what I saw God say. And we just ask two questions in in the 260 journal, what were the insights that you took away? Maybe it was a verse, maybe it was a word, maybe it was an idea, maybe it was a lot of things, these insights. And then the second thing is implications. What what does that mean for me? That question, what are the implications? That draws us into that place of deeper reflection. What is God speaking to my life about his word? Where, Where maybe am I out of alignment and need to come back into alignment? So why do we do 260? To be reminded consistently of what God's word says and then to reflect deeply on it so that we can come to full understanding of what God has for us. Now, you may be wondering about 2024. You may be wondering about, are we gonna be done with 260? Are are we gonna abandon it and go do something else? The answer simply is no. We are not going to keep teaching through the New Testament the way we've done uniquely this year because if you've been with us, you know that every week through 2024, even right through Christmas, it's gonna be very exciting to be in Revelation, right? Talking out of Revelation about the Christmas story. I cannot wait. It's gonna be very exciting. But you know, the the beauty of what we've done this year has been for this year. And next year, we're gonna be doing some other things. But what we're not gonna do is stop reading together. We are going to keep reading through the New Testament year after year. 
and reflecting deeply upon it because God has other things that he wants to show you. He has more revelation, believe it or not, for you than maybe even what you've discovered this year. So we're gonna keep doing this. And reflection happens really well when you're sitting like, you know, in your bedroom or your kitchen table and you're, you read one chapter and you, you write one page of reflections. But you know what, what really even enhances reflection at a greater and deeper level is when you reflect with others what you're learning and discovering. So this year, we have had six different 260 groups emerge um, within our congregation. Six, that I, at least that I'm aware of. Um, several in English, at least one in Spanish. And these are fantastic places where once a week people get together and simply say, man, this is what I saw. This is what I'm reflecting on. What did you see? What are you reflecting on? Because then we encourage each other and it even helps to formulate our own thoughts as they come out of our, our mouths. So you know what we're gonna do in 2024 is we're gonna like throw some gas on this little fire that's been started with our 260 groups. My heart, I don't know how many we have in our 260 groups right now. Let's just say that it's 30-ish to 40 people. My heart is that we would double that triple that, quadruple that when we get into 2024. So here's what I want you to think about. If you haven't started doing 260, do 260. Kelly, do we have some journals? Can you, can you go back there? We're gonna be wrapping up in just a second. If you don't have a 260 journal, they're only, uh, what are we selling it for, 10 bucks? 10, $10, it, it's really inexpensive. As, as a way to just begin the, the, the journey of walking with us. And don't start at, at the beginning, start where we are now. Okay, we're, we're in 2 Timothy going into Titus this week. Uh, I think, Some, somewhere right in, that, right in that, you'll find it. But, but here's the deal. I don't want you to start 260 or keep doing 260. I want you to pray about starting a 260 group next year. And we'll help you. Right now, I think all of our groups, just I think all of our groups are either like men-only groups, women-only groups. I want to see some like groups anybody can go to. Um, maybe, maybe you have a heart to like, we, man, we'd like to do one for married couples or, or just do one for singles. Uh, may, maybe you would like to say, you know what, when the groups meet, they don't meet when I, I'm available. So start one. When are you available? Well, if you're available then, maybe somebody else is available then. So I want you to begin praying about starting a 260 group. Cool thing is, you do not have to teach the Bible. All you get to do is be a facilitator of conversation. Like open up a space, you know, like meet with people and, and just like kick off the conversation. And we'll train you. We got some training that'll be coming up in November. So I'm giving you a heads up now. So you begin thinking about it, praying about it. Like, is this something that God may call me to do in the new year? As your pastor, I'm saying it's very likely. <laughs> and you know what? We need some groups outside of Santa Maria because everybody who's part of Santa Maria Foursquare Church does not come from Santa Maria. Oh, right, I did not realize we've run out of our English version, so if you're a Spanish speaker, you're in luck. And if you're an English speaker, you're in luck too because you can go on Amazon. Just type in 260 journal and two days from now for 10 bucks, you're gonna have a 260 journal at your door. So 
Amazon Prime, they deliver. Uh, an online, go on Amazon.com right now. Uh, search 260 Journal, this is what it looks like. And, uh, and you'll, get, you'll get yours. Hey, church, I'm encouraged because we are growing together in Jesus because we're growing together in his word. Amen. Let's pray. God, thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you that we can discover who you are and your nature and your plan for us. Thank you for that. Thank you for your word. May we never, ever take it for granted or leave it unattended in our lives. God, encourage us by your Holy Spirit to engage with your word deeply and consistently. And may we learn to reflect on it over and over so that we would grow into spiritual understanding and wisdom. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, we have a prayer team that's coming up. We talked about salvation today. If you're like, you know what? I, I don't know that I've ever given my life to Jesus. I don't know that I would describe myself as someone who's been saved by Jesus. Come up and talk to one of our prayer team members. They would love to share with you about salvation and pray with you. And for all of us, man, I hope to see you out in the street this afternoon between, on Main between Blosser and Broadway. We're gonna have a great time. We're gonna be down by Courier, which is our street right here. That's kind of where you're gonna find us. So we'll be there. You are loved. Go say hi to Danny and the team. Have an incredible, incredible week. Keep praying for Israel. Thank you.